0: Number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basilli. In the next hour, Dr. Pat showcases some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Get ready to live life full out. Here's your host, Dr. Pat Basile.
1: Welcome everyone. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by and we have got fabulous fabulous lineup for you today we're going to come right out of the gate and have a great conversation talking with someone that knows a little bit about being happy tony wilkinson is joining us here today we're going to talk about his latest book the lost art of being happy spirituality for skeptics and then georgia Andronopoulos is going to be joining us here today retrain your body retrain your brain reshape your body and so There's been conversation after conversation about what it means to be happy and why some people are happy and why others are not. And so we all say we want to be happy, but the question is, how do some of us step it up, and how do others not able to? Well, Tony is joining us here today. Uh, he is the uh, author of The Lost Art of Happy and studied philosophy at Cambridge University while pursuing a career in civil service. He is here with a book that reminds us that we can have the happiness in our lives that we desire. And we're going to be talking about that today. We're going to be talking about uh, what he has discovered, how we can train our inner life, uh, the five main skills we need to cultivate and much more. Tony, thank you for joining us here today. Welcome to the show.
0: Hello, Dr. Pat. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for asking me.
1: The lost art of being happy. I love the title of the book. Many people wouldn't put together that being happy is an art, and so that's a whole conversation in itself.
0: I think that's. Uh, I think that's right. Um, it, it, in the way I look at it, um, happiness is really based on skills. My conception of happiness is that it—it it certainly requires, it absolutely requires, even if it's not identical to. Uh, inner peace. You've got to have inner peace. You've got to have an inner life which is peaceful and tranquil and serene if you're going to be happy. And in order to do that, you have to cultivate certain skills. And these are not skills uh, of, uh, of doing anything or of how to talk about anything or uh, how to play tennis, those are, all, those are all skills and you learn them and we can get lots of analogies from that. But these are all inner skills. They're skills to do, basically, if you like, with your mind and your emotions. Uh, and so I call happiness being an art because it's based on skill, just as if you think of, uh, of painting. You know, you need the creativity, but you also need the skill. You also need the ability to manipulate paint and know what to do with it and where to put it on the uh, on the canvas. Uh, Well,
1: and and I love the way you start the book out. I mean, you talk about or you give a couple of examples uh, between, uh, a story between George and Jenny. But what you talk about is what we most want out of our lives. And you ask that question, what do you most want out of your life? And you say it's a tricky question, and I wanted to talk with you about why that is.
0: Um, It's a tricky question, partly because... Because we're we're not used to we're not used to asking it or we're not used <laughs> to knowing exactly how to address it. Um, that's that's my perception of it, anyway.
1: Well, uh, and you know, and don't you think we're also not used to truly asking for what we want, what we really
0: want, what we really desire? Well, I, I think that's that's true as well. Um, but in order to ask for what we we really desire, we need to uh, we need to get to the bottom of it, and it, and it gets masked, doesn't it? It gets yes. It gets concealed. Uh, You know, we know we want. um, Yeah, maybe we want uh, somewhere nicer to live. Maybe we want a nicer car. Maybe we want a better job. All those things. Um, And so we think that's what we're. We we get fixated on these these goals and and kind of forget that what lies behind them. What we really want is happy. Um, And we we want these things because uh, uh, because we we believe in many cases rightly at least for a time, that they will make us happy. Um, But maybe I'm saying, well, why not kind of cut out the intermediate stage and, and focus yourself, just focus yourself on being happy, on creating happiness in your life.
1: Well, I love this. You know, I I wish uh, someone shared a story with me the other day that they had finally gotten the car of their lifetime. You know, this was a vehicle that they've always wanted, and it happens to be one of these very luxurious, high-end, big SUV cars. Now they got the car. I was talking to the individual the other day, and they said, you know, I cannot stand the price of gas. So here they have the car that they like, and they're struggling and suffering. And the individual said to me, every time I fill my tank up with gas, I wish I've never had that car. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, don't we go through life with that kind of uh, response and reaction to the decisions we make in life?
0: I I think that's absolutely spot on, and that's a really really good example. I mean, I, I somewhere in a book I call it a, a, a treadmill uh-huh. uh, what w- wants are like treadmills like I don't know if you ever have uh, had a hamster as a pet or anything when you, when you were young and they just run around inside a little wheel and they think they're getting somewhere you know But they, they, um, uh, it, it is just uh, it is just like a treadmill the, the, the point I make you know when people tell me those kind of stories is that there's a distinction here between the external world and our inner life and you know, if we, 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 we get used to thinking that what, it, what we need to make us happy is somehow out there in the external world. It might be a car, as in your friend's case. You know, it might be a job. It might be a relationship. It might even be something abstract, like, like knowledge or truth or something. But it's, it's out there, outside us. In fact, it seems to me that the secret of happiness is inside us. It lies in our our inner life and in creating these skills on which we can base our own inner peace.
1: Well, you know, Tony, one of the things that, you know, you talk about in the book, and for those of you just tuning in, you're listening to The Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by... I am Dr. Pappasili, your host uh, of the show, and I'm here with uh, author Tony Wilkinson. We're talking about his latest book, The Lost Art of Being Happy, Spirituality for Skeptics. And when we look at happiness and we look at it as an inside job, Tony, you know, the question that comes to mind is, how does that inside aspect of who I am, how is that going to manifest the life I truly desire?
0: Well, um, the, I, I come at it from the from the angle of asking, you know, why why aren't we blissfully happy all the time? You know, what is it that stands in our way? Okay, well, maybe we don't have the things we want, but if we make that distinction uh, between external and internal, what is it internally stops being happy? Um, and it seems to me, again, that the... Um, the, it's, it's our own habits that stand in a way, our internal habits, our habits of thought, of belief um, and of uh, emotion, and our, our, our desires, the habits it, that we have uh, in, the, in the area of wants and desires and it's not enough just to fix our beliefs. The area of beliefs is hugely important, but also our emotions get in our way. You know How many times do people get angry or jealous or envious? And those are all negative emotions, which may be justified by the circumstances. While you're feeling those emotions, you're not happy, are you? So if you could, if you could develop the skill of feeling those emotions less often, then you could you could be happy more often. It's almost, almost uh, you know, a, a, a one-on-one correlation between uh, losing the negative emotions and gaining the happy moments.
1: You know, one of the things you talk about, and you break this down, Tony, in, in, in such a very uh, nice way, and what I mean by that, you break it down so that everybody listening to the show, everyone that reads the book, you know, gets a sense that they can take action to create the happiness in their lives. One of the yeah. things you mention, one of the five skills that you mention, and you say we need to cultivate these, and this is what I love about this conversation because when we say we need to cultivate something, that means it's available to everyone listening to the show.
0: Absolutely right, absolutely right.
1: But you come out of the gate, and you say mindfulness. Mindfulness, we have the five skills you need to cultivate. That's at the top of the list. Let's absolutely. talk for a minute about mindfulness and how it fuels the fire of happiness. Uh,
0: okay. Um, I, uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, I would put mindfulness uh, at the top of the list. And indeed, many people that I've, uh, that I've come across and discussed um, I think that mindfulness might even be enough to do to do ah. anything. Uh-huh. Uh, I personally think that that it, it would be enough if we could perfect it. But you know, let's let's face it, we're not all going to perfect the skill of mindfulness. It's very useful to have a, a battery of skills that actually will. It's like I mean, the analogy I make is 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 if you were playing tennis, if you had the the world's fastest and most accurate serve you probably win most matches. You know, maybe you need some of the other strokes as well to, uh, to help you out. Um, and, and, and mindfulness is the same. And what is mindfulness? It's, it's, it's a skill that, you know, many people... I, I don't think there are many great experts in mindfulness. Uh-huh. Uh, it's, not, it's not a skill that we're very familiar with in, in everyday life. Uh, and all it means is paying attention. Paying attention to what's going on in our own minds, in our own inner lives, um, and it's a skill which the, some of the some of the Eastern uh, disciplines have uh, have laid great emphasis on. So people maybe get to think that it's kind of you know a bit strange, a bit exotic, um, uh, something to do perhaps with. Um, well, it, it, it is highly prized, for example, in uh, in all the varieties of. Buddhism, from Zen up, to, up to Tibetan Buddhism, um, but it's not a, it's not a, a religious quality.
1: No, what you talk about is, and I love the way you break it down, Tony, because what you talk about is paying attention. I mean, if there is one thing that we can leave our listeners with today is this, this very fundamental aspect of the book and what you talk about in mindfulness, which is paying attention. And we think we're paying attention, but it, how can we be paying attention if our minds are focusing on things that haven't happened yet or things that have happened 10 years ago and we're multitasking in the world that we're in with, you know, between five and six different things at a time. So paying attention is, is, for me uh the conversation around paying attention and happiness I think is brilliant, and yet you provide people with not only the benefits but you also provide them with uh you know how to step into it
0: yeah and I think that that's uh, uh, the, 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 there's lots of uh focus today for example on aspects of uh, of different kinds of uh, of meditation mm-hmm. um, and meditation is a is is a wonderful way to practice mindfulness. Some people practice meditation because they want to achieve, you know, altered states of consciousness, or you know, something uh, to, to to change their view of the world. But to me, the great benefit of meditation is that it actually practices mindfulness um, and and develops that skill within us.
1: Let's take a short break, Tony. When we come back, we're going to be talking about benevolence skills. This is hot. How can you step into that energy of benevolence and make a step towards happiness? We'll be right back with Tony Wilkinson. Talk,
0: talk, talk.
1: Is one of your loved ones in crisis, or would you like to empower your family to prevent a crisis from occurring? Crisis Intervention Coaching has a goal to empower every family to overcome any challenge with education, strategy development, and ongoing support. Take the first step to create workable solutions and empower your family today. Visit CrisisInterventionCoaching.com or call the 24-hour hotline at 888-592-8400. Do you or a loved one have chronic pain? ABC Health Solutions introduces Farablock, a fabric that relieves chronic pain with no side effects. Farablock's unique construction of micro-thin stainless steel and nylon interrupts EMFs, or high-frequency waves, from damaging our cells, causing inflammation and pain. Call 253-631-8270 or visit abchealthsolutions.biz to see a short video regarding Farablock. That's abchealthsolutions.biz.
0: From a place of special energy, the Sedona Tools are specially crafted to work with the disruptive emotional energies of traumatic experience. You can release and resolve the past, move gracefully through the present, and attract the future you wish with power that's already yours. Your intent and creative visualization. Now work with the right tools. Visit the SedonaTools.com. That's the S E D O N A Tools.com. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basilli. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 866-472-5788. Now back to the program, here's Dr. Pat Basilli.
1: Welcome back, everyone, and we're thrilled to have Tony Wilkinson joining us here today. We're talking about the lost art of being happy, spirituality for skeptics. We're going to talk about that spirituality for skeptics part of the show today, but here's what we're talking about. You know, you live in this world, Tony, and folks that are listening to the show, I'm going to give you a scenario. Uh, Let's let's look at who we are and the situations that are going on in the outer world. Uh, You could be a single mother... Trying to raise a child, living from paycheck to paycheck, not really knowing where if you're going to be able to cover it all, and uh, and yet at the same time, there's a way to go about that which would enable a different energy and vibration. However, if you are that mom in the middle of it, it's sometimes hard to get there. Your book outlines some steps and i wanted to ask you is how do we take the principles in your book including the spirituality piece and apply it to our outer circumstances like you know those that those people out there that are looking at their their mortgage situation you know catastrophe going on or their bills not being paid how do we take an inner
0: practice to the outer world uh it's it's, uh, that's a really good question, and you know that the situation that you outline there you know is 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 obviously quite deliberately a a really really difficult situation for for anyone to find themselves in um and what, one of the things that i'd say before before tackling the particular situation is you know we we never know really what life is going to throw at us, so when things are good uh it's a it's it's important to remember that we still need to to practice the skills that help us cope and not leave it until we're actually in a crisis. Um, Because, you know, it's, it's when the crisis comes and it tests us that we'll find out whether the skills that we've already acquired can actually do the job. So the first thing I'd say is, you know, this is not something that you roll out necessarily when you're in a crisis. This is something to think about, and to develop throughout your life so that it's there when you need it. And, of course, the ultimate crisis we all have to face at the end um, is is the whole process of dying. Um, and if you, we've developed these skills and we've developed the the habits that support our inner peace, um, then, you know, what, what, what the process of dying becomes is living with inner peace up until the last possible moment. But, you know, that's a... That's a thought that I'll leave with you. Let's go back to your uh, your lady, who's is uh, a single mother. I think we said, and uh, and uh, she's in very difficult circumstances, trying to cover the bills and living from paycheck to paycheck. Um, there are a number of things that 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 might be a problem for her. Mindfulness, which we talked about a little bit before the break, exactly. If she can find, even even if it means you know taking away from her. Or her sleep, uh, or just finding fifteen minutes, a couple of times a day, to actually just sit quietly, calm herself, try and imagine, or try and try and focus on uh, on her own thoughts and feelings, and just notice what's going on. That in itself is a calming and revitalizing experience, um, and it also would help her to to realise what the things are that are that are most bothering her, because you know we say she's got problems with money and so forth, uh, and I don't mean to to look away from those or to say that those are uh, those are not uh, not very serious problems. But you know, very often in those kind of circumstances, there's all kinds of other things that are actually stopping us from uh, from actually handling the money problems. Um, because we have uh, maybe we have resentment about the way that we've been treated. Maybe we have some anger and we need to work on, uh, on forgiveness. Um, you know, there can be lots of other things. It's important to notice what it is that's, that's destroying our inner peace at any particular moment. Um, and then, of course, we get into the area of beliefs. What are the beliefs that are limiting uh, what, what this lady feels that she's able to do? Um, and we all have beliefs that we um, that we carry with us from from childhood, from from all the things that have happened to us in life. And very often, you know, we kind of push them down and they're they're submerged. But you know, somehow, or other, there's a little voice there that keeps keeps nagging away. Those are those are important things to recognise as well, and to actually face those beliefs and evaluate them properly. Um, that, that, that comes into the area of what I call in the book story skills. Um, because and let's talk about that, Tony, because, you know,
1: you, you, this is one of the few books that I've picked up where you address the idea of telling stories as a pathway to happiness. Let's talk about that for a minute because, you know, there are certain stories we tell and you know if you listen to country music a lot of those uh, stories that are told in country music are you know stories sometimes of defeat and and so forth but how do the stories how do the stories lead us to shifting uh where we are both energetically emotionally and how do they help us reach that state of happiness
0: well i i uh recommend in the book that people think about all their beliefs as stories. I mean sometimes ah, okay. we think, You know, a story is something that, that's a fable or a myth or it isn't true. But all our beliefs, in a sense, all, all descriptions of the world are stories. And the reason why I say that is that, you know, what's the characteristic of a story? A story picks out. If you, if you, if you read a novel or you watch a film or, you, or a movie, um, uh, as I should say, um, what, what you get is a particular perspective. You get an aspect of the truth, part of the truth. You don't get the whole picture because you can't tell the whole picture in a story. So all of our beliefs are just focusing on one aspect of what's true in the world. And it's, and if we, can, if we can realize that that's, that is the case, then you know, we have the opportunity to ask the question, what else is true? You know, what, what is um, – I mean, that that, for example – leads us to the idea of, of gratitude. You know, we, here we have somebody in a very, in a, in a very difficult position, um, and it's very easy to focus all your attention on the things that, and even if, you, even, if you're, uh, even if you're relatively comfortable, you focus your attention on the things that are wrong, on the things that you lack, uh, whereas, in fact, you know, there are lots of things that aren't wrong, and it changes your mood and it changes your approach to things, to actually teach yourself to feel gratitude, to actually enumerate the things that you can be thankful for. Um, and and I, I emphasize that it's about being thankful for things, not necessarily being thankful to somebody. Um, and, and in doing that, you just change the perspective you have. Now, coming back to story, you know we've, we've got the idea that every belief is only a partial truth. It's only part of the truth. And if it's limiting us, if it's standing in our way, first of all, it might not be true at all. But secondly, even if it is true, it's only part of the truth. So there's a way around it. There's another perspective from which we'll see a different side of the story.
1: Well, you talk about it in the book. You talk about problems with story or the diseases of the onion, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, what I love is when we get into the mode of telling stories, we always can find evidence and support for our limitations, You know, for putting something in front of us that's going to absolutely validate validate for us why life did me wrong, how I ended up where I am, the boss that fired me because he didn't like me, the money that I had that I lost. So, you know, as we look at the whole picture around this, and there's so much in the book, The Lost Art of Being Happy, Spirituality for Skeptics, you know, let's talk as we, you know, close this segment, let's talk about the spiritual part of this. Because much of what we do these days has to do with manifestation,
0: but very little has to do with spirituality. It it maybe depends to some extent how people see spirituality. For me, spirituality is not actually about belief. If it were about belief, then how could we recognise that we can get spiritual people in every single faith that there exists in the world? You know, if it was just about belief, then most of those people would be kind of cut off from spirituality. Spirituality, to me, is a process. It's about the uh, cultivation and the practice uh, of inner qualities. Uh, and specifically about qualities that tend towards increasing our inner peace. That, for me, is what spiritual practice is about, and it's what spirituality is about. Now, if happiness is itself inner peace, and I claim in the book that that is really the key to happiness, then spirituality and happiness are very closely combined. So whatever your beliefs, then there's this aspect of spirituality, um, which is a, a deep focus on developing the right qualities of your own inner life and, and molding them, creating them, cultivating them in the direction of generating inner peace, whatever the external circumstances are, then that, for me, is a genuine form of spirituality, and it doesn't depend on what your particular set of religious beliefs might be.
1: Well, Tony, thank you so much for joining us here today. Let's give out the website so people know how to find out more about you and more about the book. Website is www.TonyWilkinson.com, www.TonyWilkinson.com. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, are you ready to retrain your brain and reshape your body? Stay tuned. We'll be right back can be
0: seen Tides
1: that I tried to swim against Both me